Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be going through my rest of season rankings for the wide receiver position. So from weeks five through 18, this is how I would re-rank the wide receivers. You know, four weeks into the season, I feel like that's a decent enough sample size to kind of project things moving forward. So I'm going to go through the top 30 players. And while you guys are watching this, if you're enjoying the content, please just hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Let me know any fantasy football questions down below in the comment section. I'll be responding to every single person, but let's get started with the number one wide receiver. This one probably seems like a no-brainer, Devontae Adams. He really just has everything you're looking for in a number one fantasy wide receiver. He's going to have the volume. He'll have all the opportunities. He has big playability. You know, he can go out, has a nice floor for you with that volume, but he can still go out, give you 100 plus yards, a few touchdowns. He's on that high powered offense. He has an elite quarterback throwing him the ball. So he checks every single box. And even though Tyreek Hill comes in here at number two, I still think Devontae Adams just gives you a little bit more safety, but Tyreek Hill is still a top tier asset for fantasy football. And that's why I do have him here at number two. He can single-handedly win you weeks. We've seen it in week one and week four. He can just go out and give you these monster performances. You know, he's one of the top two targets on a team with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So he should continue to ball out moving forward. Then at number three, I have Cooper Cup. He's probably taken one of the largest jumps from my preseason rankings to now, but he has just totally emerged as the wide receiver one on that Rams team. There is no more competition, clear cut, cut and dry. Cooper Cup is the alpha in that offense. He's seen an absurd amount of targets. He's gonna have a ton of touchdown upside. He'll have the volume. He has the big playability. We've already seen that this year. So really moving forward, he is an elite wide receiver one. Following him, I have Stefan Diggs. And Stefan Diggs hasn't had a huge start to the season. You know, he wasn't really picking up where he left off from last year. He still has the volume and overall safety. He just really hasn't had those huge explosive games, but I think that will come. This Bills offense looks good, and he is still the clear top weapon on that offense. So maybe, you know, he doesn't have the ceiling to compete with guys like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, but still a very, very safe, you know, high-end wide receiver one moving forward. Then at number five, another player who has taken a huge jump it's DJ Moore. You know, you could argue he should be a little bit lower. From what we've seen so far this season, I feel like this is the perfect spot for him. Similar to these guys above him, he has everything really. He's getting the volume. There's no more split between himself and Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is basically an afterthought in this offense at this point. He is Sam Darnold's number one option. He scores his points every single way. And if you drafted him, you know, probably around wide receiver 20, you are going to be looking golden for the rest of the season. At number six, I have Justin Jefferson. And so far this season, he's basically done exactly what I expected him to do. Following up an amazing rookie season, he's performed very well to start off the year. You know, we saw the first few games of the season, Adam Thielen was the one getting into the end zone. That's going to balance out. Justin Jefferson is going to score a ton of touchdowns. He has the yardage. He has the volume. And just like the guys in front of him, really checks every single box for an elite fantasy wide receiver. Following Jefferson, it is DK Metcalf. And guys, honestly, with these wide receivers, a lot of them are just so close together. And when we look at the end of the season, they're all going to be bunched up. So a lot of these guys, you know, you could argue they'd be higher. You know, if you went to me and said DK Metcalf should be number five, 
I'd say that's totally fair. If you said he should be number 10, that's probably also fair. These guys are just so close. So I'm kind of nitpicking here, but Metcalf comes in at number seven. He's the number one wide receiver on the Seattle Seahawks offense. He has the elite quarterback. The only thing that I think is holding him back a little bit is just overall passing volume from the Seahawks team. They've been very efficient, but Russell Wilson isn't someone who's gone out and thrown the ball 35, 40 times a game, which is obviously going to limit the volume of a guy like DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. It definitely kind of forces them to be incredibly efficient and to get in the end zone a lot. So it's not great to rely on that, but if I'm ever going to rely on that, it would be with a guy like DK Metcalf on a team like the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. After Metcalf, I have Calvin Ridley here at number eight, and he has taken a little bit of a fall from, I think he was ranked number four going into the season. He really just hasn't had that top tier production that I personally was looking for. And I think a lot of the other people in the fantasy community were kind of expecting. You know, he was one of these guys where it really looked like he could be the player who finishes as the overall number one wide receiver that was totally in his range of outcomes. And I mean, from his production so far, I think we could see why that's possible. The target share is there. You know, his overall opportunities have been there. The issue is this Falcons offense has not been good. So the touchdowns are really what have been lacking. He just hasn't totally emerged as like a clear, clear cut alpha, one of these top dogs in the NFL. So, you know, still a very safe wide receiver one. I just don't know if you're getting exactly what you drafted him at, which was probably like an early to mid second round pick. Following Ridley, another guy who's fallen a few spots here, DeAndre Hopkins, still a very solid wide receiver one moving forward. He's attached to Kyler Murray. This Cardinals offense has looked great. The only issue here with the Cardinals is that there are just a lot of cooks in the kitchen. You have a lot of capable wide receivers behind DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, AJ Green. You've got Rondell Moore there. Out of the backfield, you have James Conner as a red zone guy. Chase Edmonds gets work out of the backfield in the receiving game. And he's getting some carries. You have Max Williams, who's also being involved. So he just hasn't been able to command that huge target share on an elite team like a guy like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, or Cooper Cup has. So his value has definitely fallen off a little bit from the start of the season, but he's not someone I'd be super concerned with moving forward. To round out the top 10, Keenan Allen comes in here. And I feel like if you drafted Keenan Allen, you've gotten exactly what you've expected from him. He's such a safe player on a week-to-week basis especially in half point or full point PPR. He's going to have that volume. This Chargers offense has looked great to start off the season. Just a very solid, dependable guy in your lineup, where if you potentially went running back, running back, Keenan Allen is likely your wide receiver one. And I think you should feel great about that moving forward. At number 11, I have Terry McLaurin here. And I could totally see an argument that Terry McLaurin should be higher than this. He has put together some monster games. And like some of the guys I talked about at the top of this list, he is like the true, true alpha in his offense. The only difference here is that I don't trust that Washington football team offense as much as I trust offenses like Green Bay, the Chiefs, Rams, Buffalo, you know, all those guys who are ranked up top. So still a guy who I value as a wide receiver one. But if he can do this for a few more weeks, you know, maybe when I update these rankings in week eight, he's a guy who's probably potentially top eight, top seven, maybe even higher depending how he plays. So he definitely has room to move up throughout the season. Then Debo Samuel comes in here to round out the top 12 wide receivers. He is here at number 12 and he has just lit it up to start the season. I feel like he was kind of in a uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods dilemma here 
where you had him and Ayuk going fairly close together. You know, the argument was who's going to take over as the wide receiver one, because in 2020, you didn't get a lot of games, if any, where you had Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo Samuel all on the field at the same time. They were all missing different portions of the season with injuries. So it was a little bit of a crapshoot there. But if you kind of took the lower price tag and drafted Debo Samuel, that is looking like a genius move. He has been the clear cut wide receiver one. You know, you basically have Brandon Ayuk completely phased out of this offense. You have George Kittle getting much less work than almost everyone anticipated. Do I think he's going to keep up this pace throughout the entire season? No, I don't. I do think there's a little bit of a risk here that the team is moving from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance. If you have a quarterback who's just been feeding Debo Samuel, you know, for the first four games of the season, do you want to make that change to Trey Lance? Probably not. I still think Debo is going to be great for the rest of the season. He just has a little bit more uncertainty here than some of the guys ranked ahead of him. Then at number 13 and 14, I actually have back-to-back Cowboy wide receivers here. Amari Cooper at 13, C.D. Lamb at number 14. These guys always seem to basically be back-to-back in my rankings. I know they haven't gotten off to a super hot start for both of them, and a lot of that is just due to the Cowboys defense playing so well, right? Because the whole idea coming into the season was that there was going to be so much passing volume from this Cowboys team. Obviously, they weren't going to be on the pace that they were at in 2020 when Dak was healthy, but I mean, I think you could have expected Dak to throw the ball upwards of 30 times a game, maybe low 40s. That has just not happened. He threw the ball over 50 times week one against the Buccaneers. Last three weeks, under 30 attempts in all three games. That is not good news for Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, but I do think that's going to correct a little bit in the other direction. This Cowboys defense has been great with getting the turnovers. I just don't know if I can trust that moving forward. So I do think there's going to be a little bit more of a shift to a pass-heavy Cowboys attack, which should be benefiting Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb moving forward. Here at 15, I've talked about some players who have taken big jumps in my rankings. Mike Williams has probably taken the biggest jump. I hated Mike Williams coming into the season. I'm going to totally eat that. I was so off on him. You know, looking back at his past seasons, he was just always in that like late wide receiver 30s, wide receiver 40 range. And I was just thinking, why is this year going to be any different? Aside from the quote from the offensive coordinator coming out and saying he was going to be used in a Michael Thomas role, that's not something I took super seriously because if you listen to every single thing a coach says, you're going to be so hyped about everyone because no coach is going to come out except for maybe Urban Meyer or Kyle Shanahan and be like, you know, this player hasn't done great. They're going to try to hype up their guys. So I was totally off of Mike Williams. He has totally proved me wrong. He has been great. First three weeks of the season, absolutely killed it. Had a subpar game in week four, but that really wasn't his fault. He was open on a wide open deep pass. Probably would have been like a 60 plus yard touchdown. Justin Herbert overthrows him. Then he threw another deep pass out of bounds later in the game. So Mike Williams set himself up to succeed in that game. He just wasn't really helped out by Justin Herbert. That's not something that's going to happen on a consistent basis. So people may be starting to fade off of Mike Williams. I am still all in here. And that's why he is a top 15 wide receiver for me. At number 16, I have Tyler Lockett. And I feel like people who drafted Tyler Lockett, they're getting the full-on experience that everyone who's had him in 2019 and 2020 has seen. First two weeks of the season, the man puts up monster numbers. Everyone's out on Twitter, you know, Tyler Lockett was a great value this year. How did people not see this? That's what Tyler Lockett is. He's going to put up those massive games. He's also going to have games where he basically does nothing. 
that's what we've seen so far. You know, at the end of the season, he's probably going to be a top 12, maybe even top 10 wide receiver, but the consistency is just not going to be there. So I like him for his overall production, but I think lacking that overall dependability definitely is going to hurt him a little bit. Plus the Seahawks lacking volume, I also think is not going to be great for Tyler Lockett. So that's why he comes here at wide receiver 16. Next up, it's going to be AJ Brown here at number 17. And this one's kind of tough because I do believe this is the first player on this list who's dealing with an injury currently. I mean, you know, like something that's not super minor. AJ Brown missed the week four game. I'd be surprised if he plays Sunday. And that's definitely baked in to this ranking. You know, I'm kind of expecting him to miss one or two more games from this spot. Hamstring injuries are not great. They can linger on. And so that's why he has a fall here. If he was totally healthy, he'd probably be around, you know, wide receiver 10, probably a top 12 guy. But those injuries, you know, with the wide receivers being so close together, it did just drop him a little bit here. This Titans offense, when him and Julio were out there, it really just didn't look as explosive as I thought it was going to be. You know, once Julio signed, I kind of acknowledged that his ceiling was gone because he wasn't going to be seeing that huge target share. But both of them have kind of struggled to start off the season. I totally think he's going to rebound. I actually just went out and acquired him in one of my leagues because I do believe that he is going to bounce back. But I mean, a mid-tier wide receiver too may seem like a little bit of a burn where he was being drafted coming into the season, but it's really not that bad. There's just so many top wide receiver options. After AJ Brown, I have Deontay Johnson here at number 18. I just talked about how Brown has not been dependable. Deontay Johnson is the definition of dependable. He is so safe. He is clearly Big Ben's target. All offseason, I was hearing, you know, why is Deontay Johnson being picked so high? He's potentially one of the biggest busts. Big Ben is terrible. This is what people don't understand. If Big Ben is terrible and can't push the ball down the field, that's perfect for Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson is the underneath. He's the volume guy. You saw the one game Deontay Johnson missed. Najee Harris was targeted like 19 times. Big Ben needs that underneath guy. And Deontay Johnson fills that role perfectly. He is so clearly the number one wide receiver in this offense. And he should still see that volume moving forward. So a very safe, very dependable wide receiver two. Then we've got a little Buccaneers stack here at number 19 and number 20. Mike Evans at 19, Chris Godwin coming in here at 20. You could really flip these guys either way. They're each going to have their big games. They're each going to have the ones where they're a little bit less involved. I've kind of see this team similar to the Dallas Cowboys, where you do have these top two wide receivers stacked. The only difference is there are just way more weapons in the Tampa Bay offense. You don't have an AB in Dallas. You don't have a Rob Gronkowski in Dallas, even though Dalton Schultz has been balling out. I just don't think that's going to last. So Evans and Godwin, I think, are limited in terms of their safety because there are just so many options on this team. But if you look at that Buccaneers offense, they're going to be putting up a ton of points. Tom Brady's slinging that ball over 40 times a game. So when this season is said and done, it's very possible both of these guys are kind of in that wide receiver 14 range in terms of total points. Similar to Tyler Lockett, I just don't know if the consistency is going to be there. After Evans and Godwin, I have Jamar Chase here at 21. He's someone I was much lower on than consensus coming into the season. I definitely thought he was going to be a great NFL player. I just didn't know if he was going to come in and put it all together right away. In his first season, he has 100% done that. He has balled out the first four weeks. Honestly, even when T. Higgins was out there, he still looked like Joe Burrow's number one option. So he is a great wide receiver play moving forward. At 22, I have Adam Thielen. And it's kind of weird 
because I feel like Adam Thielen was drafted, you know, around wide receiver 24. And so far, I feel like he's totally overblown my expectations for him, even though that's basically where I had him ranked. So this ranking to me feels low because I do think he's kind of overperformed those expectations, but I can't really put him any higher. I just don't think he has the ceiling of some of these guys ahead of him. He still has been very reliant on touchdowns, which, you know, he could go out, put up another 14 touchdown year. Am I banking on that? Definitely not. So that is why he's a little bit lower here, but he's still a top option on a high volume passing attack with the Vikings. So I still like him. At 23, I have Jamar Chase's teammate, T. Higgins, just two spots behind Jamar Chase. I still like Higgins moving forward. He's dealing with an injury. He should be good to go come Sunday. Hopefully that's factored in here a little bit, but looking at this Bengals passing attack, I still think they can support, you know, two top 24 wide receivers, which is why he just makes the cut here. Then at 24, I have Brandon Cooks and it kind of hurt me a little bit to put Brandon Cooks this low, because if we're talking about like impressive starts to this season, Brandon Cooks is probably like top five, maybe even top three at the wide receiver position, because you just have to consider what he's been dealing with. I mean, the quarterback play, Tyrod Taylor was all right. Let's be real. He's probably not even top 25 quarterback in the NFL. Definitely not top 20. Then you go to Davis Mills, who is just absolutely horrendous. He throws for under 100 passing yards, and Brandon Cooks is somehow not able to totally screw you over in your lineup. If they could get a quarterback, Brandon Cooks would shoot up to maybe even like a top 12 guy, because if they could get a quarterback, like if Deshaun Watson said, okay, I'm playing for the Texans, and they just kept that roster. Who else is Deshaun Watson going to throw to besides Brandon Cooks? Unfortunately, that's not the situation we're at right now. So he's going to be seen more as a lower-end wide receiver too, even though I totally respect what he has done so far. Now we're into the high-end wide receiver threes, and I have back-to-back Browns. We've got Marquise Brown here at 25. He has been a pleasant surprise this season. I was not high on him. A lot of that was due to Rashad Bateman coming into this team. We haven't seen Rashad Bateman, so Marquise Brown kind of lucked out with that. But still, he's been great. He's been the wide receiver one. He's had some issues with drops, but he's still kind of been able to overcome that and put together great fantasy production. I do think you could see a little bit of a dip in that with some of these wide receivers coming back from injury. So maybe he's a sell-high candidate, but still, you know, a borderline wide receiver two moving forward. Then Antonio Brown is going to follow him here at 26. He's not quite up there with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, because if you're looking at the snap share, Evans and Godwin are getting the clear wide receiver one and wide receiver two snaps. They're both out there for almost every single play. Antonio Brown is not. He's the clear wide receiver three on this team, but he may honestly be the most talented guy. He did not have a great week four performance. You know, when you're looking at his standards, he dropped a touchdown pass, which is something he probably makes like 99 out of 100 times, but I still think he's a great asset moving forward. You just are going to want pieces of this Buccaneers offense, whether it's Evans, Godwin, AB, Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, any of those guys, you just want them in your lineups. Then here at 27, I have one of the biggest fallers from the preseason, and it is Allen Robinson, probably one of the biggest busts so far in fantasy. He's just been atrocious. Someone who's probably not even startable at this point, Like I'm seeing start sit questions with Allen Robinson and like going into the season, did you ever think you'd be seeing a start sit like Allen Robinson or Hunter Renfro? You would have never even thought that was possible, but it is a legit question at this point. And for me, if I have Allen Robinson, I don't trust him in my lineup. 
I don't want to be playing him. I think I just moved him off of one of my teams. I mean, I'm selling low, but I think I got good value in return. So right now, I don't want him in my starting lineup, but I do think there's a really solid chance he rebounds, not rebounds into a top 12 wide receiver, which is probably where he was being drafted, but still can kind of save you a little bit. He's just too talented to not you know, perform a little bit better. It really just comes down to this Bears offense being horrendous so far, but it seems like they've committed to Justin Fields. Hopefully that offense just kind of settles a little bit and are able to put together some better performances, but definitely disappointing from Allen Robinson. And then after him, Julio Jones, another guy who's fallen from my preseason rankings. He's someone that I liked. I believe it was like a mid-tier wide receiver too. He has not lived up to that. Obviously, injuries have played a part in that. He is also dealing with a hamstring injury, just like A.J. Brown. I still think he could recover this season. You know, if you get A.J. Brown and Julio Jones back, they get a few games with Tannehill, Derrick Henry still doing his thing. I do think this offense could come around, but I just can't really justify ranking him ahead of some players who have already been balling out this season. 29, I have Chase Claypool. His situation right now with the Steelers is a little bit unfortunate because Big Ben is probably one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL for Chase Claypool's play style. He's a big play guy. He's going to go win down the field, make those contested catches, and Big Ben is just not the quarterback who is going to give him those opportunities. But somehow he has still managed to outperform Juju, which I think really is more of an indictment on Juju Smith and just his lack of involvement in this offense. So even though Claypool doesn't have that ceiling that he may have on some other teams, I still think, you know, he's a solid wide receiver three option. And then here at number 30, this was kind of a tough call. There's a lot of wide receivers who could have filled this spot. I was choosing between Robert Woods and Corlin Sutton. I ended up going with Robert Woods. He has also fallen tremendously in my rankings. He has just had no ceiling so far. He is so clearly behind Cooper Cup. It's unbelievable. Going into the season, I thought this was going to be a 1A, 1B type of situation. I was so far off on that, but I still think he has some safety going forward. There's some chance that he's able to kind of reignite what he's seen the past few years. You know, just because I know the talent is there. We've seen it. We saw it in 2018. We saw it in 2019. We saw it in 2020. So the talent is there. He just needs to be utilized a little bit differently. And I do think that's possible. Another guy considered here was Cortland Sutton. Right now, he's the wide receiver one for the Broncos. When Judy comes back, you know, I don't know what that situation is going to look like. Someone else I kind of thought of was Michael Thomas. But right now, the earliest he can come back is week seven. So if he's guaranteed to be missing another three games, we just don't know what he's going to look like. We don't know what he's going to look like in the Saints offense. We don't know how him and Jameis Winston are going to play together. So I did end up going with Robert Woods, but there are a lot of other close options here. But that is going to wrap up my top 30 rest of season wide receiver rankings. If you guys enjoyed the content, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Let me know any questions or thoughts down below in the comment section. If you want to see my running back rankings, those are already up on my channel and I'm going to be posting the quarterbacks and tight ends tomorrow. So stay tuned for those. Thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you next time.